0: Like Bob on Facebook at Facebook.com Bob Bernie Live. Oh,
1: my goodness. Uh, something I say on my program constantly, my listeners probably get sick and tired of me saying it. Everything the liberal progressive left touches, they destroy. And I'd love to hear an exception. I'm sure there are some exceptions out there, and I'd I'd love to hear one. I can't think of any. What happened to all of the mainline Protestant denominations in America when they began to drift to the left? When they became more progressive, more open, more liberal, more accepting, more inclusive. Yeah, the language of the left. What happened to every single one of the mainline Protestant denominations that have drifted to the left without a single exception? They're all either dead or they're dying. Give me an exception. My number is 877-BOB-LIVE, eight seven seven two six two. Fifty four, eighty three. Give me, give me an, an exception to that. Uh, do a little uh, the internet search. Uh, most dangerous cities in America. Just do that, okay? Just, just do it. And uh, the top ten. Okay, you will find the last time I checked, which was not long ago, nine out of the ten most dangerous cities in America run by leftists, Democrats. Uh, there was one exception. I can't remember which one it was, and it was independent. The uh, the, the, the mayor of the city was left-leaning, but not Democrat, uh, independent. Uh, look at um, cities with the highest homicide rates in America. Just do that little Internet search. Cities with the highest homicide rates. And pull up the top 20, if you want. Almost all of them will be left-leaning, Democrat-run cities. And I could go on and on and on. And again, hey, my number is 877-BOB-LIVE. I'm here waiting for an exception. When the liberal left gets their hands on anything, they destroy it. And here here is another illustration of why this is true. If you follow the news on the West Coast, you know that uh, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, all up and down the West Coast, terrible problems with homelessness, drug addiction, and crime, all up and down the West Coast. And what a coincidence, they're all cities run by the left, all of them. I don't think there are any exceptions. And so why is that? Well, let's look at Portland, all right? Came across a story this morning from Portland. Uh, Portland has a terrible crime problem. Bad, I mean, really, really bad. And so, the uh, mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, who just happens to be a Democrat, has said we're gonna we're gonna deal with crime and and and, and public safety and and so uh, they aim to spend. $5.3 million to hire 43 new police officers. Well, wait a minute. This is the same guy, Ted Wheeler, who wanted to defund the police. This was the same guy a couple of years ago says, well, the, the police are the problem. That, that's the, 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 piece, the police are the problem. We're spending too much money on police. And so they cut back the budget. A whole bunch of police officers in Portland quit. And now they're saying, oops, well, maybe that wasn't so smart. And the people of Portland are saying, hey, we're supposed to be safe. Protect us. Hire new police. So to appease the critics, they have put $5.3 million into the budget to hire 43 new police officers. Okay, well, that's good. However, in the same budget, Mayor Ted Wheeler is spending more than $10 million on marijuana-related initiatives. What? Huh? Say what? 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 So they're spending twice as much money on marijuana initiatives than they are on police? Uh Uh-huh. Yippers. Yep. Quote, Wheeler's new budget includes a proposal to put $3 million behind an ongoing cannabis fund. I mean, what respectable city doesn't need a cannabis fund? (sighs) All right, let me let me start over. Wheeler's budget includes a proposal to put 3 million dollars behind an ongoing cannabis fund and another 7 million dollars behind a one-time cannabis fund. Um 3 million dollars behind an ongoing cannabis fund and another 7 million dollars behind a one Time Cannabis Fund. Of the more than $10 million dedicated to marijuana programs, $2.3 million is earmarked for funding so called social equity and education development grants. Here's where it gets bizarre. All right, let me continue reading. $2.3 million is earmarked for funding so called social equity. And education development grants, which disperse funds to rectify past racially biased cannabis policies and disparate cannabis related arrests. Yes, my friends, the city of Portland wants an equal number of black people to get high as white people. We cannot allow white people to get higher than the black people. We're talking equality. We're talking equity. If white people can get high on pot, get stoned out of their head, well, then we got to make sure that an equal number or more black people can get stoned out of their head. Yes, we believe in equity. Yeah. Now, part of it is supposedly to um, cut down on inequality in marijuana-related arrests. But here's the problem. They're legalizing marijuana, so there won't be any marijuana arrests. So it's, yeah, it's, um, it's all about equal highness. They... They want as many minority potheads as whites. That, my friend, is real equity. $10 million to put into the weed industry in Portland, Oregon, while investing $5 million in the police twice as much gone to weed than police. That is the mindset of the liberal progressive left. Uh, check that in a couple of years and see how that all works out. I predict it will not turn out well. Like I said, everything the liberal progressive left touches. They kill. They destroy. Just another just another illustration. Hey, all right, my number is eight seven seven Bob Live. Think I'm off track here? Disagree? Agree? Well, let's talk. eight seven seven. Two six two fifty four eighty three.
0: Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com, Slash Bob Bernie Live.
1: All right, let me let me just say w- one more thing about the uh, Donald Trump indictments. All right, just w- one one more thing. Uh, do I think it's a witch hunt? Yeah. Do I think it's political? Yeah. Do I think the Department of Justice under President Biden has become weaponized? Yeah. Uh, do I believe this is intentionally aimed at Donald Trump uh, to keep him from being president again? Uh huh. Yep. I I think all of those things are true. I hope you heard that. But let me add this. All I want to know is the truth. Did Donald Trump knowingly, intentionally violate federal law concerning documents? If he did, he's not above the law. Right now, as I look at it, do I believe that that's what happened? No, I don't think so. But none of us, none of us should be unconditionally loyal to anybody. No one except Jesus. All right? So, above all, we want to know the truth. And I I want that to come out. I want to know the truth about Joe Biden. And I want Joe Biden and Donald Trump to be treated equally on this thing of secret documents. All right? I want to know the truth on both of them and then let the chips fall where they may. I just want to make that clear. Donald Trump is not guilty just because he's Donald Trump. Many people think that he's Donald Trump, so of course he's guilty. Why? Well, because he's Donald Trump. Well, that's dumb. But it's equally dumb to say he's not guilty. Why? Well, well, because he's Donald Trump. Well, why? Well, Well, because he's Donald Trump, of course he's not guilty. That is equally dumb. Okay? We don't worship men. At least I hope we don't. We want to go after the truth, and it should be objectively and equally applied. That's what I want. I hope that's what you want as well. All right, we're going to go to Laura in uh, Maryland. Is that Reva, Maryland, Laura? Is that the name?
2: Yes, it is.
1: Hey, I pronounced it correct. Yes. Hey, welcome. Thank you so much for calling. What is on your mind and heart today, Laura?
2: Well, uh, the one that's strongest on my heart is the climate that I have at work. I work for um, Montgomery County Public Schools and this inclusion, diversity, equity, inclusion climate and Mm -hmm. the anti-racist climate that they're trying to promote within my school, it's just It's overwhelming. Let me say, I am white and I'm uh, 55, I'm older. Um, I have a four-year degree, but unless you get a teaching certificate, it's all it's going to make me as a regular old staff member, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't feel like I need to stand on some kind of pedestal like I'm better than anybody else. And I never have. I've worked in service my whole life. So then all of a sudden this climate comes over my school where I have to watch what I say because I'm going to be called a racist just because I'm white. Mm -hmm. I grew up in D.C. I was always the minority in D.C. I was always, you know, the one left out. I I went to a Catholic school and I was baptized at a Greek church. So I didn't belong to the Catholic school. I didn't belong to the Greek church because I couldn't talk Greek and they didn't accept you because I wasn't full Greek because my mother married a Greek. The grandmother of the, the family didn't accept me because, or, or my mother or her children because we weren't Greek, you know? So it's like, all right, now I got to go to work. And I've got this climate where I'd this one girl who was about to go right up a coworker of mine for misidentifying her mm. by where she didn't even know it, like, she said, "All right, go to Miss Whatever." She goes, um, "That's mix," and she's like, "Okay, whatever." So she felt disrespected because she was like, "Okay, whatever." I'm like, "That is so stupid." So she's gonna have to go fight for whatever she said in a moment of like not understanding what she even did wrong. Do mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this climate is just so crazy, and I don't know how to breathe. It just, sometimes it just feels like. I know if my coworker had gotten written up, she's an old school, older woman who loved her children, been working in this system for 20 years, and the only people that would lose in that would be the children, number one. Number two, she would have been like, forget this. I'm out of here. I don't want to deal with this. This is not my fight. I don't know what you're all talking about. Somebody that's non-binary, we don't know even the definition of that, right? So I'm just saying, I just... Well when, how do we get rid of this? Well, how do we how do we heal that environment, that culture, and get it out?
1: Well, the first thing I want to say to you is thank you. Uh, I have been very, very critical of the public education system in America for a long time, and I think rightfully so. But every time I bring up the faults, the failures, of our public education system, I try to remember to thank all of the godly Christian teachers in the public schools. And I try to always say, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being there. And I know it's not easy. And I know you're in the minority. I I, I can sympathize with you at least a little. I was a white kid that graduated high school in Compton, California. Uh, I was in the minority in my senior class. Um, so I, I I get it. I understand a little. But we. Uh, it's not going to be fast. It's not going to be quick, Laura. But one thing that encourages me is that there is a movement across America for conservative parents to get involved in the public school system for the first time in their lives. COVID brought that about. Parents learned by looking over the shoulders of their kids what was actually being taught, and they were shocked. So uh, there is a movement, but as long as God keeps you there, Laura, you stay and you fight, and we'll be praying for you and others like you. God bless you, and thank you for calling today. Thank you.